0: Welcome to the 5th Dimension of Business podcast. I'm your host, Ariana, and my intention with this show is to help you integrate the practical and magical sides of building an intuitive business. You can think of it like intuitive business school, but with a teacher who wants you to think for yourself, you know? So let's dive in. This is going to be fun. Hello, 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 my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the 5th Dimension of Business podcast. I'm so stoked you're here. I know I say that every week, but I genuinely mean it. If you are new here, my name is Ariana, and I'm your host here on the show. Most of the time, you'll be hanging out with me as I share... Education, insights, things I've learned along my own entrepreneurial journey for the last nine years. And occasionally I'll bring on other folks as well to have insightful and inspiring and educational conversations where I get to learn. You know, selfishly, I love picking guests who I want to learn from, but I also pick them because I know that you will be able to learn a lot from them as well. So today, we are continuing with our series on copywriting. And today's part three of our three-part series. So if you haven't listened to parts one and two, I would encourage you either before listening to this or afterwards, making sure that you go back and listen to those. In part one, we talked about copywriting fundamentals, like what actually is copywriting? Um, You know, should we write long copy, short copy? How do we become better copywriters? In part 2, I talked about some of the more magical 5D side of copywriting, where we can bring our intuition and the spirit realm into it. And today I'm going to share some tips and best practices that I've picked up along my own journey with writing. And this is by no means an exhaustive list. These are not all of the best practices that you'll ever need to know about copywriting. And I say that because, A, I could probably talk for... 10 more podcast episodes if I were to do that, but B, I don't actually know what your best practices are going to be. So part of the, or one of the things that drives me a little bit bananas about this whole realm of business and entrepreneurship, especially within the online business space, is there so much talk around, you know, this is the best strategy, this is the thing you need to do, that's the thing that you shouldn't do. And none of this takes into consideration the unique energetic blueprint of the person who is actually doing the marketing and running the business. And it also fails to acknowledge the very unique blueprints of each of the individuals within that business owner's community. So, you know, I've talked about this a little bit before and I will continue to bring it up again. But even if we look at, say, our human design, right? you know i am i have a sacral authority which means that i can make decisions pretty quickly like i tend to know whether something is a yes or a no pretty fast that that gut instinct is really really strong for me whereas other folks are emotional authorities and they need time to really sit and feel into their emotions to help them decide whether option a or option b is right for them and then other folks as well have the um their splenic authority i don't actually know a whole lot about that one so i can't speak to it too much but this is just a very very small example of how energetically we are also different when it comes to making decisions and so if we're that different when it comes to making decisions we're all going to respond to written word differently There are some things that I do feel strongly about across the board. I do believe that... Forcing folks to make decisions fast, that pushing people into a state of scarcity and fear and lack so that they invest with you out of fear of what will happen if they don't. I believe that those things are kinda gross all across the board. Doesn't matter what somebody's emotion or what somebody's authority is in human design or where what placements they have in their birth chart or anything like that. Like it's kind of just gross. Um, other things that I don't love, you know, I, I'm thankfully I'm seeing more people move away from this, but it's still quite common is things like using, um, there's a platform called deadline funnel and it's when you jump onto a sales page and there's the little timer bar, like the countdown timer at the top that says this offer is available for like 24 hours or 10 hours or something. Now, countdown timers in and of themselves are not inherently evil. I have heard you know, like understandable uses for them that I can get behind. And then, of course, they are sometimes also used to create scarcity. But what I really don't like when we're using these, especially with Deadline Funnel, is it's actually a a false timer. So if you were to go and look at that page and it says you have 10 hours left and then you say like deleted all of the cookies on your browser so that that page, when you go back to it, doesn't know you've already been there – Three days later, it's still going to tell you that there's 10 hours left. Like it, it is just based off of the individual. It's an, an evergreen offering, meaning that people can buy it whenever they want. It's just creating false scarcity. So I'm kind of going down a little bit of a tangent with some of the things that I currently think are gross in the online business space. But if I bring it back, it's to really just drive home the fact that when you're listening to things that I'm sharing, when you're listening to things that other people are sharing, it's really important that you take the time to feel into your intuition and see what feels good for you and what doesn't. And if something doesn't feel good for you, does it not feel good because it's not aligned with your values? Does it not feel good because it's stretching you a little bit and asking you to step out of your comfort zone and maybe do something that's a little bit new and scary? The latter is probably a good sign. It's, it's an opportunity to work through or with something within ourselves to create some healing, some growth, some expansion. But if something is genuinely not aligned with your values, amazing, you don't have to do it. So if there's anything that I talk about today where you're like, mm, no thanks, cool. I'm not telling you that this is exactly what you have to do in order to be a successful copywriter or writer in general. So. This is kind of really tied into my first tip is is around using discernment around which tips and best practices to actually implement. So I encourage you to learn from a variety of sources. Um, you know, read some I last in the last episode or the first one, I talked about um, reading some different copywriting books or reading some blogs, listening to some podcasts looking and seeing what other folks are doing what resonates what doesn't and going into a little bit of self-inquiry around why these things resonate and why they don't when you're interacting with somebody's business and something that they're writing makes you feel expansive why did that make you feel expansive if something that they're writing makes you feel uh, triggered or contractive why did it trigger you why does it make you feel contractive And it's not to say that that person is wrong for triggering you or making you contractive. Like it's really important for you as the business owner to remember that you actually aren't responsible how people feel when they interact with your content. However, you are responsible if you are creating a false sense of scarcity and urgency. Um, You are responsible for maybe straight up lying on a sales page or giving slightly inaccurate information that is offered with the intention of making somebody believe something else right you know it's not actually up to you whether that person believes that but if we are doing these things and engaging within these tactics um I've talked about this in a previous episode before like you're you're ultimately just hurting yourself if we really do look at things from the standpoint of all of us being of one consciousness of all of us being connected of being unified when we do these kind of gross icky slimy things in order to push others to buy we're really just harming ourselves so use your discernment Um, And use your discernment when you don't feel good about things too, right? Just because something doesn't feel aligned or doesn't feel expansive in the moment also doesn't mean that it's a quote-unquote bad tactic or that it's not something that you should do. It may just be something that is outside of your comfort zone and is asking a little bit of growth from you. So that's my first tip. Use discernment around which tips and best practices you choose to implement. My second tip is to keep or to stay in the mind of your reader of the individual who is going to be consuming this content reading this email reading this sales page and lead with them in mind so often i come across sales pages or i read things that are super super heavily about the person who's created the offering and there are ways that we can be strategic about this and you know sometimes especially with a personal brand you may weave in elements of your own story more and that is totally fine but what we really want to look at here is is am i writing this for my reader am i writing this with the intention that my reader will perhaps learn something from my lesson that they can glean from the wisdom that I've, I've gained from my experiences? Am I sharing this story to show empathy and to show this individual that I understand where they're at? Am I sharing this story about myself to show them that they're not alone and that I feel these things too? That's a very different energy than sharing parts of yourself within your business so that you can be seen by your community, so that you can be witnessed in your pain and your discomfort. When we engage in things and when we share things so that we can be seen and acknowledged by our community, there can, not always, but can sometimes be an element of codependency here. You know, we as the business owners Theoretically, we do need our community in order to maintain our businesses. We do need to have people who purchase our offerings. We really benefit from having people who share our content and things like that. And then we also, if we can put ourselves in the mindset of like, well, they need me in order to help them, like that's some dangerous thinking, but it gets even more kind of skewed when we also get into this mindset of needing our community to like see us and acknowledge us and validate us. And this is not to say that you shouldn't ever talk about yourself or share your own experiences. You know, we live in this really weird reality TV world where we love to see what people are doing in their days. We want to know that the human being um, behind the business that we're interacting with is actually a human. We want to do business with and purchase services and hire people whose values we are aligned with and who we know have kind of been through their own journeys so it is helpful to share elements of your story and your day and things like that but you'll want to play around with the medium that you're using so for example um, more personal stories and talking more about oneself does tend to translate better on Instagram and social media platforms than it would on a sales page so most people would be more inclined to read a short caption about a lesson that somebody experienced and maybe have a little aha of their own than they would to go and read a super long sales page that just walks you through uh, this person's entire journey. So, you know, I wouldn't put on a sales page, I wouldn't talk about how I was bullied in high school and then go into all the details around that and then go into all of the details around getting sober and then all of the details around becoming a mom. Like all of these things are relevant and I may actually use all of those details across multiple different pieces of content or different channels. But it's just a lot to read about a person. And unless someone is like super, super invested in you and really, really loves you, they might not read it all. So thank you, mom, for always reading all of my content. But, you know, we're, we're not always going to have someone who's as big a fan as a, of us as our parents or our loved ones and things like that. A great way to approach this is when you're writing something, you know, write it out, as I said in last episode, like write, write drunk, edit sober. Write out what's wanting to flow through you and then you can go back and start to be a little bit more um critical and not in a negative way of course but just being more critical of your writing and asking yourself okay what actually needs to be in here what doesn't and look at it through the lens of your reader. Pretend that you are your reader and ask okay what is in it for me? What is your reader gaining from this? Is this something that they can learn from your experiences? Will they feel inspired? Are you hoping to help them feel seen or are you doing this so that you'll feel seen? so that you'll feel acknowledged. And if so, it's up to you to decide what you end up doing with that. You don't have to not share that piece of content, but it is important to maybe take note if you are constantly putting out things so that you're feeling seen and feeling acknowledged and validated and it's kind of less about actually supporting and inspiring and creating spaces for your community to be seen, we may want to relook at the strategy. And you know, if you have a full client list and things are going well, doing things the way you're doing, then whatever, ignore me. But if you're finding that you're not really gaining the traction and people are maybe engaging with your content but never actually signing up for your offers and things like that, you may just want to reevaluate the ways in which you share personal parts of your life. Now, moving on to tip number three, and this is kind of connected to tip number two, it's to use storytelling. And so we can use storytelling as a way to share these parts of ourselves. And a story can be the length of a few paragraphs on an Instagram caption. A story can be a few sentences, or a story could be a full-on story. But something that I encourage all of my clients and students to do is to really become a master of the art of storytelling. It is so much more interesting to present information in the form of a story than it is to simply tell somebody something. So This is an example that's top of mind. I use it with the nutrition students that I teach and I tell them that you could tell people that... Even if something is labeled as organic sugar, it's still sugar and it still is going to have the same impact on your blood sugar. Like, You could just straight up say that and that is fine and that is helpful information to know. Or you could tell a story. And I personally, when I'm in Whole Foods, I always like to joke when I'm looking at the cookies and stuff. Whoever I'm with, I say, I'm reading the ingredients and I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's from Whole Foods, so it's healthy, right? And I'm obviously joking, but I always tell my nutrition students like, you know, if you were walking past me in the grocery store and if you overheard me say that, that could become an amazing piece of content. You could go home and you could write an Instagram caption about how you were minding your own business in Whole Foods when you saw this girl get really excited about these sugar laden cookies that are apparently healthy because they're from Whole Foods. And then you could go into why sugar is still going to have the same impact on your bloodstream regardless of whether it's organic or not or from Whole Foods or not. We can use storytelling as a means to share parts of our experience, to share the the conflict or the tension and how we came to the resolution and then share what the lesson was in the hopes that our readers can also learn something from our own experiences and our own lessons. Storytelling is so powerful because once upon a time, it started as a story, but really, once upon a time, our ancestors, they used to sit in circles. They used to share important teachings through stories. They used to connect with one another through storytelling. And we have lost that kind of connection. Our, our current modern day campfires really are our digital realms. It's the places where we share information, whether it's through podcasts or blogs or social media. And if we can begin to witness and utilize these platforms as our digital campfires, we can actually create a lot more connection and community through storytelling, through showing up authentically, and through using these mechanisms that people for thousands of years have been using to connect with one another. So just as in part one, I encouraged you to take some time to practice copywriting, like write out some Instagram captions and things like that, without the pressure of them actually needing to become anything. You can also practice storytelling. Take a random mundane moment from your day and write a story about it. Who is the protagonist? Who or what is the antagonist, so the, the, the villain, we can use for lack of a better term. What was the tension or the conflict, and how was that resolved? How does the protagonist come out on top? What did they learn? What did you learn? And again, this doesn't need to turn into anything. It's amazing for flexing your creative juices and just really great practice for becoming a, a more effective marketer. So that is tip number three. Become a masterful storyteller. Tip number four is to look for the sweet spot. So what are the things within your business that seem to be doing well? Which emails have high open rates? Which posts receive great engagement on? Which sales pages have converted within the numbers that you are hoping for? And, you know, it's important to take all of these numbers with a grain of salt, especially when it comes to social media, because the algorithm is changing all of the time. So even if something doesn't receive great engagement, it doesn't necessarily mean that it, it isn't good or that your people don't resonate with it. Maybe Instagram just did something really weird with their algorithm for that day. Similarly, if you post a video of, I don't know, your dog like doing this funny thing and it fell and did something funny, I don't know. A dog falling actually isn't funny. So let's just pretend you posted some really weird random video on TikTok that goes viral. It also doesn't necessarily mean that your business has to be based off of this thing that went viral. There's this woman who I really love following. uh, Her name is Ksenia Brief and she talks a lot about Um, like quantum business and things like that and her TikTok blew up when she posted a video of an alpaca. I think it was like an alpaca that was talking her it was a llama or something I don't know it was this random animal near her tiny home in the woods and she posted that video it went super super viral but it doesn't mean then that she had to go and make a business off of um, llama videos or alpaca videos you know so we want to always take these numbers with a grain of salt but what we can do is we can look at the things that give us a good indicator that they are resonating with people whether that's a great open rate or good engagement things like that and then we can also look at what felt really really great to create so where did i feel like i had something really impactful to say what flew what flowed out of me what felt just so easy to create what felt like Like it was just so aligned and something that I really wanted to be sharing. And the sweet spot is where there is overlap between the things that resonate with your community and the things that felt really good to create. So when you have a look at that and you can start to identify what's resonating both with your community and with you… Maybe just do more of that. You know, if it's really easy and if it's feeling good and if your people are liking it, then why not do that rather than try to do all of the other things that online business experts say you should be doing, but maybe actually aren't an energetic match for you and your community? My next tip, I think we're at tip number five, is to have an intention. So with whatever it is that you're creating and sharing, what is your intention? We talked about this a little bit in the last episode around infusing the actual intention, like using your, your magic and your medicine to infuse that intention into what you're creating. But it's also really important that just on a practical level that you, you know why you're sharing this thing or why you're writing this thing. Like what do you want them to do? Do you want someone to buy something from you as a result of reading this? Do you want them to respond to your email? Do you want them to book a free call? Do you want them to see themselves in your story or learn something? Intentionality is so powerful, like we talked about last week from that magical standpoint, but also just from being clear on what it is that you're doing. Knowing why you're doing what you're doing. I encourage you to bring intention into every single thing that you're doing. Not just in your copywriting, not just in your business, but in your day to day. You know, it doesn't mean that we have to always be doing things that are productive or moving ourselves forward. But, you know, for example, like when I'm laying on the couch watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, I'm doing that because I'm being intentional about wanting to give my brain some kind of mindless time. When I'm going on a little scroll on social media, I'm still working at this, but I really am trying to be intentional and to just reiterate to myself, I'm doing this because I want to be mindless, or I'm doing this because I want to see what my friends are up to. When we can bring intention into every single thing that we do, it can make it so that those days where we're like, wow, this whole day went by and I have no idea what I even did, You're much more present. You know what you're doing. You know why you're doing it. And it allows you to move closer to that which you desire. So there can be an element of greater productivity within it. But not necessarily because we're just hustling all the time. So that was, I think, tip number five is to have an intention. And these last couple of things, I'm not even going to say tip six, seven, and eight. These are just little things that you could utilize if you want to. There's a tool from a platform called CoSchedule, and it's their headline an- analyzer tool. So you can just Google CoSchedule Headline Analyzer Tool. I'll put the link to this in the show notes. And what this does is it analyzes your headlines, super obvious, thanks for that, Ariana, but Um, It analyzes them and then rates them and tells you why they've rated them the way that they have. So it's actually really helpful to learn about um, active voice versus passive voice. It's helpful to see when you're using kind of more basic words or when you're using stronger feeling words, like it'll tell you how many unusual words are in there. It'll tell you um, if there is maybe too much punctuation or not enough and you can try out different iterations of that same headline within that tool. So way back in the day, I used to run every single email subject line through the Headline Analyzer tool. And I would continue to refine and tweak and change until I got a better score on that. Like it'll give you like a green score, a yellow score, or a red score. And so green, green means go. So I would keep tweaking it until I got to that green. And I don't do that anymore. I actually haven't used this in a really long time, so I actually really hope that it's still around. I should have checked before. Um, However, this is something that was really, really helpful for me in learning the rules so that even though now most of the time I break a lot of the rules when it comes to writing email subject lines and things like that, I know what rules I'm breaking and I can be conscious of of when things maybe don't get opened as much or if I'm not getting responses, things aren't resonating, I know kind of where I may be breaking down and where I can go and make some shifts. So that's the co-schedule headline analyzer tool. There's another platform called Grammarly. So Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y. And Grammarly is really helpful for Picking up little grammar mistakes, um, spelling errors, things like that. It's a plugin that you can add onto Google Chrome. And I really love using this just because oftentimes what happens is that when we write something, if we're writing fast, obviously we're going to miss it. And even if we go back and proofread, sometimes our brains will read it in the way that they intend to see it, even if it's not actually the way it's written. So I might skip a few words, I often will do this, I'll miss a word here and there and when I go back and proofread, I will still read it as though the word is there because my brain wanted it to be there. So Grammarly can help you with these little things and then in addition to that, you can also go through and read it out loud. So read read your piece of content in the way that you hope that it would be received. Read it slowly. Read it um, diligently so that you have a better opportunity of catching those little grammar slip ups and words that may be missed, but also so you can see how it feels to, to receive that, how it feels to, to hear the resonance of your words. And if it's something that you're like, mm, damn, I am good, uh, that is definitely something to share. And if upon reading it back, something feels a little flat, it doesn't feel great, um, then go back in and tweak it. So, you know, with these things, again, with grammar, we don't always have to follow proper grammar. If we did, our writing would actually be kind of boring and kind of stuffy. We don't always have to have super proper um, headlines. You know, for me, I'm, I'm quite repetitive. There's like a cadence that I like to bring into my writing of, I'll often write in threes. So I may say something like, um, what's an example of this? Okay, so I had to pull up an Instagram caption because I, I wanted to use an example of this. And this would be considered like incorrect or poor grammar. But for me, when I read it out loud, it feels really good. It feels like there's kind of like a poetic cadence to it. So, healing is about witnessing these things occurring, recognizing the root, and choosing to integrate the lesson. It's about being willing to apologize or to ask for an apology, recognizing the trigger and then choosing to alchemize it into a teachable moment. It's doing the work that is sometimes painful and uncomfortable and it's also taking a pause from the work to integrate recent shifts. Healing is about being in your humanness and experiencing all the things that come along with it. The things we label as positive, the things we label as negative, and everything in between. So there's There's kind of repetitive sentence structures one by one. There's very long sentences. I use a lot of punctuation and brackets and em dashes and things like that to allow my sentences to be as wordy as I naturally am. But that's because that's how I want to write. That's how my voice wants to be manifested through my written word. So go and learn some of the rules of copywriting, learn some of the rules of grammar, and then go and break them. Break them and and create your own rules and your own formulas for how you want to write, for how you want your words to be expressed, and for how you want people to feel when they consume what you have to share. So my friend, I hope that today's episode was helpful. I hope that you picked up a few little tips and tricks and ways that you can become an even more skillful writer than you already are. Like I said at the start of this episode, if you haven't listened to episodes 1 and 2 where I share, or sorry, parts 1 and 2 of this series where I share more about copywriting and kind of like the more magical side, be sure to go back and listen. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, if it was of value to you, please consider sharing it with a friend or on your Instagram stories. It's incredibly helpful to me. I appreciate you so much. I am so grateful that I get to share this information with you and I will be back with you next week. We have one more episode um, kind of continuing with this theme of content creation, not specifically about copywriting, but we're going to talk a little bit about efficiency when it comes to content creation. So it's going to be a good one. Be sure to check back in and I will see you next week, my friend.